You are listening to This Is Spinal Crap, the podcast about living well with a spinal cord injury. Remember, if you heard it on This Is Spinal Crap, it's probably not medically correct, so always check with your spinal unit or an appropriate medical professional. This Is Spinal Crap is sponsored by Colourplast, providing effective solutions for bladder and bowel management. Welcome to all of our listeners, old and new. Uh, it's been a very strange few weeks. And if you are listening to this podcast many years in the future, you'll probably have seen the movies and read the books about the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, but of course, most of you will be listening to this around the time that we release it in March 2020. And for all of us, this is very, very real. Now, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about what faith is us. And I think I can speak for quite a number of people when I say... They're very frightening times that we're living in, and that's got a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. As you know, this is Spinal Crap, and the Spinal Injuries Association have teamed up for this podcast mini-series to discuss themes that are universally important, but are particularly relevant at the moment. And today we're going to be talking about anxiety and uncertainty. So as I said in the first podcast of this series, please excuse the sound quality, which will not be up to our usual standards as we're not all recording remotely. Uh, we are all recording remotely, sorry, and not in our Swift Soho studio. So there may be the little, uh, little noise here or there that you're not expecting. The podcast will be coming to you on Mondays and Wednesdays with the Spinal Crap Cafe open on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. It opened up yesterday and I'd love to say a huge thank you to everyone who came along. It's still very much a learning experience for us. So we appreciate your patience while we figured out the ropes of hosting a virtual cafe. And thank you also to Sophie Morgan, who's our special guest. Tomorrow's cafe at 3 p.m. will be a continuation of today's conversation. So we really hope to see you all there. Um, just keep an eye on our social media pages for the link to join. Or you can email us at thisisspinalcrap at gmail.com and we will send you out the link. Gracie. Gracie's here. Sorry, I didn't introduce you, did I? As always, you're listening to me really early and again, joined by the lovely Grace Spence-Green. Hello. Gracie, you're going to tell us how people can find us on social media. Yes, so you can find us on Instagram at This Is Spinal Crap or you can find us on Twitter at uh, Spinal Crap Show or you can email us at thisisspinalcrap at gmail.com. Perfect. Okay, great. You think you hadn't said it enough times yesterday. <laughs> um, okay, so we also have some lovely guests with us today. As always, we have people to introduce you to and tell you some interesting stories and give some great um, insights into, into how we are all able to get through times like these. First of all, can I introduce Ed Jackson? Hi, Ed. Hello. And we also have Ben. You're going to have to pronounce your surname for me. No problem. Ben Wimbush. Ben Wimbush. And I'm going to ask you both to tell us a little bit about yourselves. So, Ed, you if you tell us your story. You were a former rugby pro? Yeah, that's right. I was a professional rugby player for 10 years um, from from the West Country. So I started off in Bath, which is where I now live again, but played in London for London Welsh Wasps, uh, played in Wales for a bit of the Dragons. And then in 2017, um, I had a spinal cord injury diving into shallow water 
um, C6, C7, incomplete um, fracture dislocation. I was in Salisbury Spinal Unit for three months um, and fortunately have been able to get back up on my feet, still have um, the underlying issues, bladder, bowel, sexual function, all that sort of stuff and temperature regulation. And I'm actually a brown cicard. So my left side has poor motor function, but good sensation. And my right side's the opposite. Um, since leaving and coming back to Bath, I've started a charity called Millimeters to Mountains, um, which aims to get people back active after physical or mental um, disabilities or, or problems, complications, um, and using the power of the outdoors and exercise to try and re-motivate people to get, get back on track with their lives. Um, and I'm also the rugby reporter for Channel 4. And I was also supposed to be going with Channel 4 to the Paralympics to present on that this summer. But obviously that is uh, maybe on hold for a bit, unfortunately. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. I'm gutted. Three weeks in Tokyo. But um, hopefully it won't be cancelled completely and it'll just be postponed. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, God will be tuning in to watch you on that. Yeah. And Ben, you're no stranger to motivating people either. Tell us your story. Um, hi. Uh, yeah, my name's Ben. Um, I was basically injured back in 2011. Nothing quite as exciting as Ed by the sound of things. Um, Career-wise, I was working for a bank. Um, and at the time, I went to go and watch a boxing match at a family member's house. Um, David Hay versus Klitschko, for any fight fans, I don't know if you remember it or not. Um, but basically, went into a family member's back garden after the fight, did a couple of somersaults on a trampoline, and unfortunately broke my neck. So um, life changed from that moment massively. Um, since then, I was like in Southport Spinal Unit for eight months got stuck back together by them, which was um, an experience to say the least. And since then, I live on my own in Manchester. Um, I was married at the time of the accident. Unfortunately, that relationship didn't last. So um, yeah, I'm on my own. I live in an adapted property in a place called Blakely um, in Manchester. I'm very lucky. I've got like 24 seven care, which is funded by Continuing Health. I'm C45 um, incomplete. So we sort of sound like we share that in common, Ed. Um, but every spinal cord injury is different as are the people who suffer them. So, I mean, in reality, I've got very, very poor motor skills from like my nipples down, but I've got amazing sensation. So, you know, I've had to take the rough with the smooth. Um, my consultant said to me at the time, like, really, I'm probably better off than someone who can walk because at least people can see my scenario. And there are obviously issues that go with invisible disabilities, full stop. I mean, that is true. We we have had conversations about that on the podcast in the past um, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a walker. I'm, I'm one of the walkers in our, in our group. Um, and I'm sure it's something that you've encountered from time to time. I still wouldn't change it. I'm very, very you know, privileged and, and feel very blessed to be where I am. But, but yeah, that, that is a good point. Um, but one of the things then that you don't see, Ben, I'll start off with you, is we were, we were talking about uncertainty today and anxiety. One of the things that people don't see is what goes on in your, in your head, in your brain during any difficult period. And at the moment, the whole world is going through a difficult period. So can you tell us what you think might be similar now to 
being injured or what we might be able to offer to people who are experiencing anxiety for the first time? I mean, I think all the being injured like this does is it just makes you realise or it's made me realise how like flimsy life is. And in reality, things that we we should, shouldn't take for granted, we do. And it's no one's fault that we do until they're taken away. Um, particularly your health, whether that be physical or mental. I mean, I certainly at the age of well, like 32 when I was injured just took that for granted. Um, particularly being able to do things like, you know, walk and do physical activity that at the time you just, you, you know, it's not human, it's not normal to wander around thinking, I'm glad that I can walk. I'm glad that I can do sort of things that you do do every day um, as a matter of course. I'd also say like that we're never in control of our life regardless of our situations. It sort of can up people's anxiety if you wanted to just listen to that in splendid isolation. But it's actually quite empowering because once you understand that and you learn to sort of, I've learned to let go, I've realized that I just treat every day or try and treat every day as a new day and just try and be as positive as I can in the scenario we're in. We can't really change the scenarios we're in, but we can change the way that we react to them is the way I'd look at it. Yeah, I think that's very true. And um, Ed, that's something that you talk about a lot. Um, I know that I've, I've, you know, we've been in touch a little bit on, on Instagram and you're doing a, a video series at the moment. Tell us about that. Yeah, I just think, you know, as when we spoke yesterday and I completely echo what Ben says, the bigger picture is um, people have been through a life changing incident, accident, whatever it may be. It does give them, give you a big dose of perspective um, to, to balance everything else that then carries on in your life um, or incidents that happen in your life moving forward. But I think for me, I'm trying to break it down. The reason I started the videos is because I realized actually the process I went through in hospital from being told that I wasn't going to walk again to then being able to hobble up mountains. Um, there was a process I went through, I think mentally, um, and it's trying to break that down. I think the uncertainty is causing a lot of anxiety at the moment. And the one thing you have after a spinal cord injury is a lot of uncertainty. Um, so it's just sort of breaking it down into different things like um, being able to let go of the things you can't affect, focus on the things you can, um, uh, just how to stay positive in a time like this, because that anxiety will just breed inactivity amongst everyone. And it's going to be really, um, it could have really serious um, mental health consequences uh, for people who lock themselves at home and just worry the whole time. So it's how to, how to deal with that, I suppose. And how do you deal with it? Well, there's a few things. So I think for me, I'm obviously got a head start now, as Ben said, because we've been through it before. So we can put things in perspective a lot easier. And I think it's important to realise that although this is serious and it's going to kill a lot of people, we will get through it. Um, it's not the end of the world. Um, so put it in perspective in that sense. Um, and then I think it's important. I, I, I read up a lot about uh, on stoicism um, when I was in hospital. Someone gave me a book called The Obstacle is the Way. And um, it's it's about letting go of the things you can't affect and not worrying about them. So little things like writing everything you're worried about down and then looking at them again and realizing the things that you can't change, like how ill you'll get if you if you get coronavirus or how long this is going to last for or what the government are going to bring in tomorrow. Those things you can't affect, but actually realize that's what you're spending most of your time worrying about. Um, and then it's just bringing in the, the practices. So the ways that I dealt with the sort of negativity and anxiety that was going through my head during when I was in hospital. So I found that 
communicating was really important. I started writing a blog um, and all of a sudden people were getting in contact with me who had been in a similar situation before. I was able to unload to people who I could relate to. And that's the thing that's going on at the moment. Everyone's going through this together. So the last thing you want to do is sit at home and, and feel sorry for yourself. If you put it out there, put your worries out there, sort of feeling anxious and having those um, having those negative thoughts is natural, but it's what you do about it that, that matters. And talking about it is a really powerful, powerful thing. And then things like adding a bit of structure back to your day. I think a lot of people who have come home from work now, sort of everything's everything's changed. I think it's important to get up, plan your day, get changed, you know, sit down, structure, structure your day instead of falling into keeping your pajamas on until two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that's great every now and again, um, and people should enjoy and enjoy that. But I think you need to try and add some structure back in to keep saying there's lots, there's lots of little things. And it was all stuff that I implemented in hospital to, to get over that anxiety and to actually put myself in the best possible position to prosper from this situation. Because at the end of the day, yeah, this is going to affect the economy. It's going to affect us financially, but we've just been given a load more time. And like time is that one commodity that you can't really buy. And we've just been handed a load. So it's, it's what we do with it that matters. That's interesting. I saw on Twitter the other day, there's an Irish journalist and broadcaster called Una Mullally. And she said, our last great pandemic was, was burnout. Um, and she's, why, why do we feel this need to be so productive now? And, and, and that maybe this is the time that we should be doing less. And I really liked that. because Even though I'm like, yeah, productive, productive, must do things. I actually thought that's a really good point. I think that's really, um, really important. I think that I think a lot of people at this time they're feeling anxious about about the pandemic, but they're also feeling anxious because they feel like they have to write a book or learn a new language or like do a new skill or do all this exercise because they've got all this time. And it's like it's okay to not do that. It's okay to just take one day as it comes. And if you all that you achieve in that one day is get dressed and have a shower that's that's also allowed that's okay yeah that's an important message i think taking advantage of the time also includes spending time on yourself you know having the time to sit down relax read a book spend some time with your family go f- you know lie outside and sunbathe in, in this weather for a bit when you w- when you would normally be at work that's important but i don't think that's all you can do because a lot of the anxiety is about inactivity there has to be a balance there i think and that's where you come in then, Ben, isn't it? You have, uh, you started a, a movement, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, what I would say is this is like, you know, a bit like a spinal cord injury. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. So it's all good and well. If you're watching the news this morning, um, we're still at that high level of, of anxiety-inducing reporting, really, because they're trying to get to the bottom of what's happening next. And I think reality is a lot of the policymakers are sort of having to do this on the fly as far as they're concerned. So they're doing their best to keep everybody uh, sort of in the loop. I mean, yeah, what I invented was something right back at the beginning, which was something called 20s Plenty, which is just to try and get people to think along the lines of um, if you spend 20 minutes on average a day as a minimum on exercise and also on relaxation. So something that helps you completely unwind from your everyday life. Um, then that can all help to maintain physical and mental health. I would say, first of all, mentally speaking, if you are struggling, go and see a doctor, get medical advice. I'm not saying for one minute this sort of substitutes that. 
But what I would say is that if you're able to put structure into your life and incorporate those two things into it as an everyday part of your life, which some people do anywhere if you stop and you actually analyze it, particularly exercise. Some people are lucky enough in their job roles to probably get it at work. That's fine. Um, exercise is one thing. Relaxing, I think people find a lot more difficult to do. And particularly at the moment, I mean, yeah, I'm all for people who say they want to learn to speak Japanese or Russian or something in the next 14 weeks. But in reality, is if all you're going to do is watch box sets on Netflix and that's what it takes to get you through it, then I don't think anybody should sort of be judged either way. You just have to be aware that this isn't going to last forever and eventually you're going to have to go back to some sort of normality, whatever that is once we've got through this. And you're also just storing up things for later on. If you're not willing to address these things as they're coming up, then we're going to have a whole heap of people who are going to bury a lot of their feelings over this process. And then they're going to end up with things like post-traumatic stress and things like that. So this really is a scenario that could just keep running and running if we don't all try and work together and help each other out. And there's a guy called Joe Wicks. I don't know if you've heard of him, the body coach. He this week has started to do PE lessons in the morning um, at nine o'clock. And normally he's really come from an aspect of, you know, of like being a fitness coach or the body coach. This time he's really making the point that this is just to get kids and everybody else who wants to join in stimulated, get their blood pumping, try and help people to be optimistic. Um, and he says himself, there's so many um, like sources of information out there that for some people, you know, they might be really into rugby. So to speak to Ed, that might tick every box for them. But then there might be someone else who, you know, they're quite an introvert. They don't really like sports. I wasn't a great sports person. So maybe I'd be better to talk to than, than Ed. All I'm saying is there's, you know, horses for courses. And at this time, we've got to keep our heads up and look around for as many things that we can use and help us to get through it, as well as looking around at other people. So 20s plenty, I just ask people to add the hashtag 20s plenty in 2020 to any social media relating to exercise or relaxation. And that's it really. Great, and you've won, you've won some awards for that initiative, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've like really humbled. The recent one was Lucas Aid Sport. Um, have brought out something called the inaugural movers list, which is like 50 people who like influence people in their own communities to like move more. So I was really chuffed with that. Number five, um, I've got to thank my mum for that. She gave me the name Ben. It's alphabetical. <laughs> so I'm doing it right now. Thanks, mum. Um, but other than that, um, I got UK Active. They um, recognised it and gave me Unsung Hero for that in 2018. Um, I'll be honest, it's not something that I set up for anyone else but myself. And then gradually at the beginning, it enabled me to ultimately speak to more people than I could just about spinal cord injury. My grandfather was injured as well. He fell out of an apple tree in like 1945. I know he's a vicar at the time, so excuse me for being an atheist. Um, <laughs> ultimately, he, um, he broke a bone at the bottom of his back, and he was a para. So, like, he was alive for for four for sixteen years, and he was only meant to live for four after he broke his back. Um, my dad obviously had to help look after him, and then my dad 
sort of like thought his days of spinal cord injury were over and then upstepped me at the age of 32, two terrible somersaults later on a trampoline and his sons sort of like, at the time I was married, so like my in-laws had to ring them and my dad knew, like my dad's first question was like, which bone has he broken his neck? And they said, like, well, we think it's probably like the third or the fourth one. And my dad, like, who knew what that meant? So it's obviously hit my family harder than your average, I'll be honest. And the ripples from it just seem to, like, go on forever. Like, I'm not married now. I haven't had children with the woman who I loved before I had the accident. Uh, she left three days after I come back from spinal unit. I'm just saying to people, they say sometimes to me, like, oh, how did you do it? How did you cope? I'll tell you, you don't have a choice. And that's what we're about to experience now is it's like, you're just going to, people are going to have to bite down on this. There's no way of getting around it. It's no different to if I wake up tomorrow morning and I've got the best day planned. If my carer tells me I've got a mark on my ass, I'm not getting out of bed. And that's, I'll cancel anything, anything. Bar maybe my mum or dad's funeral. That would be literally the only thing I could think of in my entire world that would make me break that rule because I'm not missing that. You know, like, and that's just me. So, like, how people can sit there in two or three weeks' time and be telling me that they have to go out socially because they can't cope because they're isolated, they can. They've just got to put the right coping mechanisms in place so that when it gets difficult, and the shit hits the fan, you've got people around you who are either in your real life or if they're in your virtual life, it doesn't matter. You've just got to find someone to, to be able to give you that lift when you need it. And that's why I'm chuffed 20s plenty's work because it's helped me to help more people than just spinally cord injured people and to inter so like interact with as many people as possible without ramming the fact that I'm a tetraplegic down their throat. <laughs> Building community is something that you're a firm believer in, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's just a fantastic initiative as well. But the, because the fact that you have this hashtag so people can just click on it and see what anyone else is trying to do with their 20 minutes, I just think people need ideas at the moment of kind of creative things to, to do with their time. Um, I think that's brilliant. And yeah, I, I'm big on, um, I think because of having a spinal cord injury I think the first thing I did when I was in hospital was just follow a ton of people with spinal cord injuries on Instagram and um, things like that because I needed to see people that were like me basically um, and I think already having that community has been really great in uh, like in this situation now because I can see what everyone's been doing with their time and I've just got this kind of disabled community online community that I can go to for advice and support and so I think that's really important is at this moment reaching out trying to find people alike you're doing things that you that are similar to your interests and this is where as well this specific project has has well what we, we want to do with it um was teaming up with Spinal Injuries Association to kind of give people that community. And like with our cafes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the idea is that people can come to a space where, you know, there are people ready to talk to them, wanting to talk about similar things that, that are on their mind. So so the way we do it is on a Monday and a Wednesday, um, we have these podcasts. And then on the Tuesday and Thursday, we have the Spinal Crap Cafe on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. So that's a space that people can come to to continue the conversation. And and it's also just to be in a in a place 
at a structured time, have a bit of a routine going on while this crazy stuff is happening, just people can be together. If that was an actual cafe, that wouldn't be the best name for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if people would come to that cafe, we need to start getting more of our Spinal Crap mugs into the Spinal Crap Cafe. Do you guys know about the Spinal Crap mug by any chance? No. No, this is news to me. Fill me in. So Ben, yeah, Ben, thank you for coming on. Actually, because it was very, very kind of a last minute for you, wasn't it? Because SIA were your 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 fan. <laughs> they said let's get Ben on, and um, so thank you so much for coming on at such short notice. And so I know that you're not familiar with um with some of the stuff that we do on the podcast, but basically there's the most awesome part of it is the spinal crap mug, which normally you would have when you come to see us in the studio and you'd leave with one. But because we can't give you one in person, we are giving people an IOU. So that's what you get. You get an IOU for a mug. <laughs> as soon as we're allowed to visit you or go to the post office, you, you'll get your mug. Now, they're really cool. And they have, um, on one side of them, they have our lovely Spinal Crap logo. And on the other side, they've got, it says, after this brew, I'm off for my morning poo. And it's got a poo emoji. Very good. <laughs> yeah, so we love them. And they're, they're very, they're like, they're, people are constantly in touch with us asking how you can buy them. You can't buy them. You have to be given one. That's the only way you can get one for now. Um, so, yeah, you can consider yourself lucky. When you get your mug, you have, you've arrived. No, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Grace, how are you feeling now, anxiety-wise or uncertainty-wise? How is the COVID-19 outbreak making you feel? Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's kind of exactly what um, Ed and Ben were talking about. I think because we as people that have had spinal cord injuries. I remember when I was injured, I was like, yeah, an active 22 year old, you know, I was at uni, busy all the time, doing everything. And then the next day I'm in hospital in bed and there's just, just an, never, like I have no idea how long I'm gonna be there. I don't know what my plan is. Cause when you're like in an acute hospital, there's just, you don't know when you're gonna be sent to a rehabilitation center. And so there was just, it was an overwhelming amount of uncertainty. Um, Uncertainty about time, uncertainty about like my prognosis. I remember the doctor just telling me, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get any mobility back. I don't know. So there was, there was a lot, there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, And so I think that's equipped me for this really, because it's, it's like they were saying about how, you know, you can't control your environment. You can control how you react to it. Um, and it's about taking each day as it comes. Um, and it's about structure. Yeah, definitely having some structure. I think I would have found it really hard unless, um, at Stanmore, you have to wake up at 6am, you have to have a shower at 7am, you have to go to, you have to, it's all kind of, it's like a regime really. It felt like I was in the army or something because of that. I just, there was set times in the day when I was still doing things, um, so that's really important. But I think it's also really important to to not try, don't shy away from these feelings of anxiety and uncertainty, because as Ben was saying, you can't, if you just push it away, it'll come back later on. So I think it's also about kind of accepting a certain amount of uncertainty um, and dealing with those worries by writing them down, communicating with people, um, meditating, if that's your thing, um, 
doing art, you know, but kind of, um, yeah, expressing them in some sort of way. And we are going to be talking next week at some stage about kind of alternative therapies and, and things that might be helpful for people. And we're going to be talking about exercise. So those are, are really important. But one thing that I think should also be added to the conversation is um, to try and take social media breaks and news breaks. Because at the moment, everything is happening like bang, bang, bang. It's just so dramatic. And um, I mean, it makes for great news and it makes for great you know, social media posts and you know it'd be very easy to be on your phone constantly updating that live calculator of you know how many people are infected now and but that is not good for anybody so I mean the first few days that I was getting really stressed about it all and then I said I just have to come off social media give myself a break definitely I think people feel that they have some obligation to have to check the news like every hour but it's not, we don't have to do that. That's not our responsibility. I think, you know, you can check it maybe in the morning or in the evening, but it's not, yeah, I feel like it's very easy to get into this compulsive checking the new update, the next thing, the next thing. But um, no, I, yeah, I think that that's really dangerous. I'll let you in on the secret. For five years, I didn't watch the news once when I was first injured. Put it this way, when I turn the news off, we were all looking for Al-Qaeda. And when I turned it on, we were looking for ISIS. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I'm not joking. It didn't make one bit of difference to the outcome of anything that happened in that five years. It just means I'm shit on Have I Got News For You. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, that's important. It's about not worrying about the things that we can't affect. And daily, we can't affect what's going on in the outside world. As long as we're doing the responsible thing and looking after ourselves, that's the most important thing we can be doing. So you're very right. Turning the news off for a few days is not an issue. We're already in lockdown now. So realistically, how much further can the rules change? If they do, you'll hear from it from people that are watching the news. Um, and those breaks is definitely important. Can I also bring up, we're talking about uncertainty or anxiety when it comes to us having to sit at home and watch TV or the people that are sitting at home and watching TV. Now, we've totally missed out the whole section of uh, our society that are, you know, working in the NHS, working in supermarkets, our delivery drivers, our emergency services, any of the kind of key workers and their families. And the amount of anxiety, they're not represented in this particular podcast, unfortunately, but they are a really important part of our society at the moment. And I really think we, we talk a lot about protecting the NHS, which is so important, but we also need to protect all of those other people as well. Um, and I think a lot of that relates to how they're coping at, at the moment, too. I, I think you'll find that actually a lot of those guys are coping well mentally. They'll be nervous about what's going on, but there's a serious issue with like a lack of purpose and those guys are we're reliant on them at the moment and they're valuable to us and they've got a purpose and they're driving forward and I think that really helps you mentally I think one of the issues with spinal cord injuries is all of a sudden everyone's looking after you and you you haven't got that purpose anymore and as soon as you I remember the first time I was persuaded to put a bit of vulnerability out there and start a blog um which was tough for me because I, I was a proud young bloke I didn't want to sh really show people how I was really struggling mentally and all this sort of stuff but then people start getting back in touch and saying that this is really helping you know and and 
And then all of a sudden you feel like there's some good, you're doing some good and it lifts my mood massively and you add, you feel like you can add some value. So I think we, we've got to really look after the NHS staff, like practically, I think mentally they, they'll be, you'll be surprised how well a lot of them are coping. I mean, you might have a bit more insight on that than me because they are valuable at the moment. They have got a purpose and they're helping all of us, which is a really empowering feeling actually. My girlfriend's a nurse. She said to me, they're scared just because they haven't got the right equipment necessarily and that they can see, like she described it to me as like going on a roller coaster and you're going up and up and up and up. And that last little minute before it drops, but you can see what's coming. She said they can see what's coming. So, yeah, I think we've all got to be realistic. This anxiety at the moment is for a reason. It's because this, this is an anxious situation. This, it's like having depression. If you've won the lottery and you've, you're married to Miss World and you're still depressed, that's a problem. But, you know, if you're going through what we're going through at the moment, then it's, it's natural. You've got to accept some of this stuff. Is You've got to just accept it. On the one hand, accept it and then let it just roll off you because otherwise you're going to go insane. Yeah, it's normal to be anxious. It's just, I mean, don't suppress those feelings. If, as, as you said, it's just how you cope with them. Like it's, it's having those mechanisms in place. I think I wrote a blog once about having constructive distractions. So like I started writing, I felt that really therapeutic because the thing I'm worried about is people just go and they're feeling really worried and they go and stick Netflix on which is fine if, you, if you're in the right mental space, just go and switch off, chill out for a while. But if you're using it as a distraction, it doesn't really work because you sit there and you still got, you're still stewing. But if you go away and do something constructive, either helping other people, some, this is why creative distractions are really useful, like writing, musicians, because it's all encompassing, it's all engaging. And it does really, it's good mindfulness. It takes your mind off stuff. Um, the thing I worry is people that are, will ignore the way they're feeling rather than actually go and do something about it and something constructive to take their mind off it. I think that's really important, um, Ed, when you talk about purpose, having some sort of purpose in this, because at the moment it can be really easy to feel really helpless and feel like you're just, you're staying at home, you're, you know, you're doing the right thing, but you're, you're kind of useless, really. Um, and I think finding some small purpose in this, like for me, doing this has been doing wonders for my sanity because I feel like I'm contributing to some sort of community and I'm doing something that could make someone I don't know feel less alone or have something for them to listen to so any any opportunity like that I think is really good and and not feeding the negativity as well like there's a lot of people online just spending the whole time looking for people who might be doing something that they don't agree with and just jumping on them, you know, and it's just not helping anyone anxiety. Like we, people have to be putting positivity out there at the moment, like applauding people that are doing good things that is happening. But this whole like self-police state, it's important to a certain level, but you can see people online getting absolutely abused for, there's a lot of confusion around and it's not nice to see this, what the supermarkets are like and what the tubes are like, but we can't breed anger and negativity at the moment because we're already all vulnerable enough in this sort of anxious time. So putting a positive message out there and just trying to, trying to keep our heads up is, is important. And as we mentioned uh, the other day, Ed, you and I were, were talking on, uh, you had a video on Instagram about um, just in the early days when you started your COVID diaries and um, I contacted you because you were you were feeling a bit stressed and said to you that 
Isaac Newton just developed his theories of gravity during uh, the bubonic plague when Cambridge was closed down. So he couldn't do his usual study. So he went off and, you know, just came up with one of the most important things the world has ever known. Um, and also since, since we had that conversation, I also learned that Shakespeare wrote uh, King Lear during a plague outbreak. I'm not saying you have to walk and write King Lear, but... Yeah, that's putting a lot of pressure on people, that, isn't it? We've got to go and discover gravity or something now. <laughs> you wait and see what I write during this. <laughs> no, but that's the point. It's just the anxiety is normal, and I was feeling it, and, and I communicated it, not in a negative way, just like, look, guys, I'm, I'm self-employed. I've got zero pounds coming in now for the foreseeable future. All the sports being cancelled. You know, that, that's that, that's my, my living. But I'm not being negative about it. I'm just like, this, this is how it is. There's a lot of other people who are in the same boat, what are you doing about it? Like just sharing some advice. Um, and that, you know, that helped that Isaac Newton quote. I mean, I'm not going to go and discover gravity or something, but I might write and might write a play. Why not? It'd be rubbish. <laughs> we could collaborate. We could write a spinal craft play altogether. And one thing though, that I did think about with after, after we were in contact about financial anxiety was, about my experience when I had my injury was that financial anxiety was like the dominant kind of anxiety. It was the most overwhelming thing because I, I self-employed, you know, four months out of hospital or in hospital, out of work, lost my house, all of those things. And it totally took me over. Whereas I think because I had to deal with it back then and realize that actually everything worked out, this feels so much easier. Yeah, definitely. We've been through it before. It's like training for anything. All right, guys, we are going to have to introduce a game. I don't know, Ed and, and Ben, I should let you know, we play quite a lot of games on This Is Spinal Crap. I have one quick one for today. Um, and I'll get you to play it in turn. And you, you have to actually like win it to get your spinal crap mug, just in case I didn't tell you that. This is getting harder and harder. You didn't tell us that, did you, before? I'm not having Have you played the yes no game? No, yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire ten questions at you and I want you to talk back to me not using the words yes or no. If you use the words yes or no, Grace is going to make this noise. Uh -uh. <laughs> Grace is going to make that noise and um, you're, out, you're out, no mug. All right. We'll start with Ed. You ready? Maybe. Okay. Do you like Game of Thrones? It's average. <laughs> Have you bought toilet paper in the last week? Absolutely not. Is the earth flat? Who knows? Do you eat porridge? Every day. Have you exercised today? Not yet. Is your name Sophie Morgan? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Wednesdays. <laughs> Do you like the colour yellow? It's not my favourite. Have you ever seen the Loch Ness Monster? Last Wednesday. <laughs> Do you drive? Oh, I've failed there. I was going to say yes. I was going to say yes. Uh -uh. Oh, Dan, you nearly got to the last question. Oh, was it 10, was it? It was the last, the last question. Do you own a Spinal Crap mug? 
<laughs> not yet. Not now, you don't. <laughs> not now, no. <laughs> oh, we might give you one just, just out of pity. Oh, thanks. <laughs> ben, are you ready? Possibly. <laughs> okay. Do you use Instagram? What on earth is that? <laughs> is blue your favourite colour? Wibble. Okay. Do you have a motorbike? Wobble. Okay, you have to speak like real words. <laughs> it's like a wimble. <laughs> have you done any hoovering this week? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> have you ever been on TV? A couple of times. Have you had your hair cut recently? I wish I had. Do you eat meat? Sometimes. Is grass green? I wish it was brown. Are you the TV license inspector? I don't own a license or a television. Do you love marshmallows? Sometimes, if it's later on in the evening, not in the daytime. <laughs> Very good. You got 10 out of 10. Ben. Definitely getting a mug. It's Ben 10, isn't it? Ben 10. <laughs> The wibble and wobble count as answers. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble, jelly on a plate, Ed. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble, jelly on a plate. That's me and my little tetra belly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, so this is the part of the show where Grace is going to tell us how you can get in touch. So you can get in touch on our email, which is this is spinalcrap at gmail.com, or you can message us on Instagram, which is this is spinalcrap, or on Twitter at uh, spinalcrapshow, or on Facebook at this is spinalcrap. So please send us messages, your questions, join the cafe today at 3 p.m. If you're listening uh, at the time that we actually put it out, so it will be... Thursday, yeah, just in case people get confused. In a year's time, go looking for the cafe. So it is Thursday, the 26th of March, 2020. And can we also just say anybody who is unsure or needs any kind of information relating to a spinal cord injury and coronavirus, you can find some brilliant, brilliant resources and information, and it's as up-to-date as possible on the SIA website so their website is www.spinal.co.uk and they are really brilliant they're working around the clock to um to keep information coming to you guys and there is an advice line open that you can call if you need any support and their number is 0800 980 0501 and there's also an online chat there so don't be stuck Get in touch if you need some help. And just in terms of the community thing, if anyone wants to get in touch and whether spinal cord injury or not and just have a chat, then feel free um, via any of the social media handles, Ed Jackson 8 on everything. Okay, brilliant. And have you got anything? Well, I was going to say, have you got anything to plug? But I mean, nobody's got anything to plug these days, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, all we can do is say thank you so much to both of you for getting in touch. Ed, give us your website address for Millimetres to Mountains. We never actually got to speak very much about that. Give us a give us a quick little promo there. The m2mgroup.com. We got a charitable status last week. Um, at the moment, we're raising money to build a spiral unit in the pool. We raised 60 grand last year. We need to raise 250 to get it built. Um, so that's the plan over the next couple of years. We'll sort of run lots of events aimed towards reaching that target. 
Great, great. Well, hopefully when everything settles down, we can, um, I don't know, team up with you. I'm, I'm a great one for uh, volunteering all of the spinal crap team to do stuff they don't want to do. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> Everyone's usually quite keen to go to Nepal, actually. Yeah. 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 You, you, did you climb to base camp last year, is it? Uh, and I climbed a mountain called Mira Peak. Uh, which is yeah, six and a half thousand meters, but it's um, yeah, it was cold and tough. It took a week to walk to the bottom of the mountain from the nearest road, and obviously because I don't move very efficiently, it was um, it was tough. It was tough going. I lost stone and a half in two weeks. Well, I have to say, I hate the word inspiring, but I definitely watched your videos and found them inspiring. And I was like, I want to climb mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's the point of the charity. So we'll, you know, we'll be. Um, I'm looking to still do a walk, do the Pennine Way in August, which is um, the longest footpath in Britain. So it's 268 miles from like the Scottish borders down to the Peak District. I'm going to do it over two weeks. Um, I'm doing it for Wings for Life, which is Red Bull's spinal injury charity, and we're encouraging people to come along for as long or as short as they want obviously if things pan out that it has to be pushed back from august we'll still do it but there's going to be sections of that are accessible for wheelchairs um and we're just encouraging people from you know athletes to people in you know in wheelchairs to to come and get involved um all based around getting outside sign me up for that Ed. definitely i'll do that i'm in manchester so i'm only i'm only next door to that yeah mate we'll be finishing near you and a, a red bull have promised to throw a party at the end as well so maybe come and do the last few legs I'll be there. I'll be there for that. Ed. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, it's lovely talking to you, Ben. Have you got anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, no, I'm just come and find me on social media. Really, is the easiest thing. It's Ben, and then surname's Wimbush, W I M B U S H, and it's S Cord. So S C O R D. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook, and. Yeah, just join in with 20, plenty, as many people as possible, really. And let's see if we can get everybody um, um, sort of like back up on their feet or at least rolling along uh, for 20 minutes a day and relaxing as well. And that's it, really. Brill, brill. Well, we will keep an eye on that. And then for anybody who is uh, listening to the podcast or getting involved in the cafes, um, this is Spinal Crap and SIA are using the hashtag together in isolation and we would love if anybody could adopt it and use it and um, just help grow our lovely little community here so that's it for us guys thank you so much for joining us ed ben lovely to talk to you guys tracy always happy to talk to you lovely <laughs> until next time this is final crap bye Thanks for listening to This Is Spinal Crap and thank you to our sponsors Coloplast. If you like this week's show, please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media.